Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, a.k.a. Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. We're halfway through November. For as Jeremy Baramy as this year has been, I don't know where the past few months have gone. I'm still hanging in there, obviously. I hope you are too. Wearing your mask and fighting the good fight. Good trouble, right? I'm writing this section on Election Day here in the U.S., so I don't know what the outcome has been. Um, You can probably guess what I'm hoping for, but whoever wins, it won't mean the need for getting into good trouble has ended. Um, Anyway... (laughs) Today we have book 12 of the Odyssey. In the last book, Odysseus and his men visited the underworld, got advice from Tiresias, and learned that Elpinor was dead and needed to be buried. Book 12 begins as they sail back to Aiaia and give Elpinor the funeral he deserves. At the funeral lunch, Kirky asks how things went and offers to draw a map of the perils that lie ahead. But she doesn't tell everyone, which might have been a good idea, Ah, well, shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? No, she only tells Odysseus. First, she warns him about the sirens. Their song lures sailors to their deaths. Odysseus should make some earplugs out of out of wax, out of beeswax, for his sailors. Um, but if he wants to hear the song, he can tell his men to lash him to the mast. And once they get past the island where the sirens live, um, they'll have two choices. Uh, One route only the Argo has ever successfully navigated, and that was only because Hera helped. So no, it would be best for Odysseus to take the other route, um, which won't be easy, but most of his men should get through it alive. Um, You see, on one side of this other route, this strait that I'd have passed through, lives Scylla, a monster with 12 legs and six heads and three rows of teeth in each of those heads. From any ship that comes too close, she snatches six men to eat, one for each of her heads. And yes, Scylla is female. On the other side of that route lives Charybdis, a whirlpool that swallows up the sea and spits it out three times per day. It's best to sail closer to Scylla because it's better to lose six men than to lose them all, right? Um... So once they've survived these perils, Kirky tells Odysseus that they'll reach Thrinachia, uh, where Helios keeps his cattle. Two of Kirky's sisters keep watch over the herd. And then Kirky tells Odysseus the same thing that Tiresias did. Leave the cattle alone or everyone will perish. Now, telling him this takes all night, and as the sun rises, Kirky takes her leave. Odysseus tells his men that Kirky has told him the route to take. He says they'll pass the sirens and that Kirky told him he had to listen to their song, which she totally didn't. Um, nevertheless, he fills his men's uh, ears with wax and has them lash him to the mast and they sail on. And just as predicted, they approach the sirens island and they sing a song about Troy, which of course is absolutely irresistible to Odysseus. And he calls for his men to release him, but they don't, which is one of the few good choices they make on this entire journey. Um, once the sirens island is out of sight, the men release Odysseus and take the wax from their ears. And it's only then that Odysseus says, oh, by the way, we're going to sail past a monster that's going to eat six of you, just like the Cyclops did. And sure enough, they carefully avoid Charybdis's whirlpool, only to have six men whisked away by Scylla. 
but they can't stick around to mourn lest the same fate befall another six. The sailing becomes easier and a peaceful island comes into view. Odysseus thinks of what Tiresias told him and of what Kirky told him, which was the same thing. He tells his men that they shouldn't land there, not if they want to get home alive, but they're tired and they outvote him. They just want to land, have dinner, sleep, and then set off in the morning. Odysseus sighs and makes them promise that they will only eat the provisions on board and that they won't touch the cattle of the sun. And everything would have been fine. The first night they do as promised, and the second, and the third, and the fourth. But the winds are against them. They want to sail away, but the storms prevent it. And after a month, those provisions run out and the men are starving. And Odysseus falls asleep, which is never a good thing. Eurylochus tells the other man that it is better to eat just one or maybe two of the cattle so that they can die a noble death at sea rather than to starve to death on the island like cowards. And they agree. They also agree to make amends when they get back to Ithaca. This sacrifice, oh, this sacrifice they're going to make. Helios will forgive them because this is going to be one hell of a sacrifice. So they do. They make a sacrifice on the island. They have a feast. And Odysseus wakes up and shouts, What in the name of Zeus have you done? And Lampatia, one of Kirky's sisters who watches over the herd, tells Helios. And Helios complains to Zeus. And Zeus says not to worry. He'll take care of it. He'll punish them. Odysseus knows all of this because Calypso told him that Hermes told her. Um, The men, except for Odysseus, of course, feast on the cattle for six days. And on the seventh, the storm finally ceases and they set sail. They don't make it far before Zeus sends uh, the mother of all storms down on their ship. Um, You know that storm at the beginning of Disney's The Little Mermaid um, when Ariel first meets Eric? Um, Yeah, like that. The ship is destroyed and everyone dies. And that's the end of the Odyssey. Just kidding. (laughs) Odysseus is still telling the story, so we already know that everyone dies except for him. He clings to some of the splintered wood and is tossed back to where Scylla and Charybdis live. This time he winds up on the Charybdis side of the strait, and he survives the whirlpool by clinging to the bough of a fig tree. Now, once he makes it through that strait, he is tossed on the sea for, oh, can you guess? Nine days, of course. And on the tenth day, he lands on Ogigia, the island where Calypso lives. But Odysseus has already told that part of the story, and it's getting late. So Odysseus finally stops talking, and book twelve ends. All right. How are you feeling about Odysseus now? He is a hero that is known for his cunning. So we know that he dissembles. Um, He makes stuff up. So I again have to ask how much we should trust him as he tells the story. Um, Now, in his defense in this book, he does tell his men what will happen 
if they eat Helios's cattle. Um, they still do it, but unlike um, Iolus's bag of winds, they do it with full knowledge of the consequences. But he doesn't warn them about Scylla and Charybdis until they are passing through the strait where those monsters live. And he tells them that Kirky said he had to hear the siren's song, which is an outright lie. She tells him what he should do if he wants to hear the song, but she advises against it. But, you know, ignoring that part, this section shows that his men can be trusted when he lets them in on the perils ahead. They hold off on eating the cattle for a long time. It's only when they are starving that they make the decision to go against what they've been told. And why are they starving? They're starving because of these storms on the sea. You know, Poseidon is pissed off. It's not like they wind up starving because they don't eat the cattle. You know, it's because of the gods that they wind up eating the cattle, right? That's what I'm trying to say. Um, It is interesting to note that they wait until Odysseus is asleep. Um, I have a five-year-old. Kids do things. <laughs> there's, there's this, like, you know, paternal sort of um, patriarchal way that Odysseus speaks of his men. Like, oh, you know, he's he, father knows best. And, and so the kids wait until Odysseus is asleep to do stuff. Um... They open the bag of winds when Odysseus is asleep too, right? Bad things happen when Odysseus falls asleep, at least if we can trust his story. Because he's the only one left to tell the tale, so we only have his account of it. Um, I do love how book 12 ends, <laughs> though. Um, because I love, I love the scene just like, shifts suddenly back to Phaeacia and and Odysseus basically was like dudes I told you that part already um and so despite everything I have told you about orality even in an oral culture retelling the whole Calypso saga is more than people wanted to sit through (laughs) so so despite all of this so and so tells someone to make the speech or you know you go tell you go tell John that I said this, and they relay it word for word. You know, like we all—I already told this story about the clip, so I don't, we, we don't need to go into that. It's late. Let's go to sleep. Um, it, it's just delightful. Anyway, um, so what? What do you think? Do you trust Odysseus? What do you think will happen next? We're we're moving out of this first-hand person account and into the present day of the story of of this epic um please hop over to the blog and share your thoughts uh triumvirclio.school.blog the url and maybe a link are in the show notes depending on your platform on monday we will cover plautus's trinimos uh talk to you then you can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.